bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. And here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50-plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack. And join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! And a good Monday morning, Birds fans. How are you this fine day? I'm guessing pretty good after last night's performance. Appreciate you streaming in with us here on Birds 365. You got me, Jody Mack, and my partner, John McMullen, who, while not playing hurt, is playing spent. Uh, Trying to get through a tough one today after a fun game last night. Man, Johnny Mack, that was just... Uh, a, a virtuoso performance on the ground by the Philadelphia Eagles. And I know you don't like Sunday nights. I don't like Sunday nights either because I want to get the Eagles football ASAP, especially on a week where we got through Thursday action and have to wait all the way till Sunday night. It was worth the wait, was it not? No, Sunday night is never worth the wait. So that is my quick answer to that. It is an abject disaster every time, but that's that's personal. That has nothing. From the Eagles' perspective, uh, yeah, I mean, they, they were tremendous. Uh, 363 yards on the ground. I don't know if there's a WIP in Green Bay, but if there is, Joe Barry's getting fired today. Um, uh I I don't know, I don't know what the Packers were trying to accomplish, but even with that, even with that knowledge, that is an awful coaching staff. But I will say that was impressive, no matter what. Uh, even if that's the best versus the worst, and it, it very well might be from a running perspective, might be the best running team against the worst run defense team. Even though they were twenty fifth, they have no plan whatsoever. Um, it, it, anytime you run for 300, that's, that's like college numbers. That's what that is. I mean, that is absurd. And even when you're like the Eagles, I explain all the time, Jody, when the Eagles don't defend the run well, part of that is baked into their philosophy and that they'd rather give a little bit in the run game uh, to, to limit as many explosive plays as possible, yada, yada, yada. Even when you factor that in, those are like college numbers. I mean, uh, and it was the third play. And coming off the Indianapolis game, I'm sitting to myself, did this guy even watch the Eagles tape? I, I mean, 
24 yards, Jalen Hurts, uh, uh, quarterback draw. Then it was, I think, five plays later, 28 yards, 7 nothing. He had a 42-yard run. He was right there. He was one more run away from becoming the all-time leader at quarterback. Uh, Justin Fields set the record earlier this season. Uh, he was, I think he ended up 21 yards behind. It, yeah. And career highs, think about that, Jody, career high from the quarterback Jalen Hurts and Miles Sanders right. in the same game. And, oh, by the way, Austin Scott, when he did touch it, eight yards a carry. Kenny Gainwell, when he did touch it, 4.9 yards per carry. Unbelievable. Pretty pitiful defense by the package. And, yeah, we noted that last week here on Birds 365. For those who are worried about their less than stellar offensive performance against the Colts last week and second-guessing, uh, and this is what I just couldn't wrap my head around, the Eagles offensive game. Oh, it's because Nick Sirianni was trying too hard to beat the Colts. He was too emotionally wound up. Even if that's the case, you're then putting that on Shane Steichen as well. That somehow Shane Steichen, just by hanging around, Nick was pushing the envelope too hard to get this significant win over the Colts. I thought it was so overstated and, and overbeat down on. These same guys called that game last night. How'd they turn it around in seven days and become geniuses again? Of course, that was not the case in India, and they were just pushing the right buttons last night. I think the package and aptitude on rushing uh, defense against the rush was part of it, but uh, give them credit for not only calling it, but executing. The offensive line was phenomenal last night. And a little nod, Mac, and again, we don't get to see the coaching tape. You're just watching it on TV. You're seeing it live, so you got a better look than I do down at the stadium. The tight ends chipped in on the block, and we talked all last week about replacing Dallas Goddard and trying too hard to replace Dallas Goddard. How the hell are they going to replace Dallas Goddard? We worry about it more from the pass receiving end. They also miss him, uh, they did an Indy from his ability to run block because he's one of the best run blocking tight ends in the game. The guys chipped in last night on the rushing attack and did a good job. The guys filling in for Goddard. So uh, I think we got to give them a little out of guy for their job uh, contributing to 300 combined yards by two players. I'm sorry. You just never see that in the national football. Yeah. Uh, like, like I said, college numbers. And you're right. I mean, well, we all know Jack Stoll can block. So that part to me is not that big of a surprise. That's the strength of his game. Um, but they don't, I'm still worried about that. They didn't get any of the tight ends worried offensively, but that's for the nitpicking later in the show uh, receiving wise. But, the, you know, it, it looked like they came out wanting to throw the ball. I was talking about that on a pregame show. I did, I did, I had a sneaking suspicion they were going to try to want to throw the ball to get back in track. Um, and, and because my assessment is just run it against this team before that even started. And the first two passes were for throws, throws. And I'm like, here we go, here we go. And then they're going to lean back on the running game when they need it. And it would probably succeed. But now then they changed gears after the third play. Um, but I, I'm still a little bit worried about that part of it. You know, one of the things you bring up Indianapolis Green Bay. Well, Indianapolis is a bad team, and people say, look, the, the offense is a mess. The, the owner doesn't know what he's doing and fired the offensive coordinator, then fired the head coach. But the defense is good. The defense is good in Indianapolis. So 
to me, there's a big difference and an obvious difference between Indianapolis and Green Bay. Um, and, and that explains, and plus you're playing on the road versus playing at home. So a lot of things factor into it. Um, but they were able to do these, you know, empty set looks and, and quarterback draws against the Colts to success. And that's, as I said, a very good defense. And if you're Green Bay, you would think, oh, they're doing this against uh, a very good defense. Maybe, maybe we got to change some things, tighten things up. But no, that, never an adjustment, never anything. And I give the Eagles credit. And I, but I've given Nick Sirianni credit for this time and time again. He says he'll do what he needs to win a, to, to do to win a football game, and he does. He does. I mean, that's my. Biggest feather in his cap. He does. Uh, um, it might take him a while to get there. Uh, might take him a, a little bit too long. Uh, yesterday it did not. Um, and when he got there, he just he just kept it there. And right. He should have. And you mentioned the first two plays did not go well, and then after that it all seemed to click in. So didn't take him all that long to uh, get it rocking and rolling yesterday. And while the passing game was not prolific, and what did you want? 800 yards of offense? If you're going to run for 300, well, you're only going to pass You're only gonna pass the ball so many times. Jalen Hurts was efficient with that, too. Spread yeah, it was efficient. You know, it, a, a little bit early, he was a little bit inaccurate. But he came on, you know, and he was fine overall. And he made some big plays in the passing game when he had the opportunity. Um, it's not – my issue isn't mainly with Jalen Hurts. My issue is with, you know, how do, how do you compensate for the loss of Dallas Goddard? And maybe we'll keep talking about this until I get Dallas Goddard back, and then I'll well, be they, back, and it won't matter. Johnny, they put so, up a 40 spot. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm talking about the passing Doesn't the scoreboard for at least one day say, okay, they got through it without Dallas Goddard? Well, yeah, but – I don't think you can count on 363 yards rushing against any kind of competency. Yeah, you got, any, you got a point there. That's week. probably true. Yeah, I, I mean, 1948, that's the last time the Eagles ran for that much. So I, that, I don't think that if they're going back-to-back um, against Tennessee, which, by the way, has a good defense. Um, so that that is more of my point. But, yeah, we'll get to the nitpicking portion, but you got my – one of my nitpicks. Well, that and yeah. special teams. I mean, oh. special teams are abysmal, abysmal. And I keep, you know, you're you're watching a team, and people forget because things move so quickly in the NFL. You know, Green Bay was 13 wins last year, whatever they won, 13, 14, and they're out in the playoffs because of special teams. Um, Boy, would that be a disaster. So the Eagles better fix that as well. Now, that's very legit. It seemed like the Packers were starting in plus territory every time. The Eagles scored enough that they were kicking off all the time, and the Packers were ending up in outstanding field territory. And, uh, yes, the Eagles dominated the overall yardage of the game from the line of scrimmage. Well, that's because there are those hidden yards on special teams, and the Packers had a bunch of very good returns. 
yeah, Michael Clay, when they break down the tape, uh, is not going to be – there's going to be some rolling of eyes in the Eagles' overall coaching meetings because special teams is a an issue as of right now. They're winning despite the fact that they're getting dominated on special teams in a week-in, week-out basis. But even on special teams, got to give the nod to Jake Elliott. Uh, I'll be honest – I was nervous about the 54-yard 54-yard field goal he made late in the game. That basically put it away. He had missed a PAT earlier. Maybe the the Mason Crosby missed PAT. Gave you a little relief, uh, a bout of anxiety with Jake having missed one himself earlier. It seemed like Sirianni knew ahead of time, play call on third down, uh, not uh, necessarily pushing the envelope and trying to give Jake the shot to make that field goal. Looked like he knew he was going to be able to hammer it home from 54. I'm sorry I'm being honest. I did not. I thought it was about a 50-50 proposition. But, damn, he he rammed it right through the uh, uprights, and that was a huge part of the game. It was basically the first time in the game as much celebratory uh, plays as the Eagles made. You never really got the idea after they went up 13 nothing, and you you blinked they were up 13 nothing. You blinked again. It was 14-13 Packers. I, I never thought the game was put away until Jake Elliott made that field goal. Did you? Um. Yeah, I mean, it was one of the I – didn't, I didn't get a feeling that Green Bay was ever going to win that game if you get that, uh, that kind of – but that was a sense because they were playing so poorly defensively. Um. My my issue with Jake Elliott isn't that he's not going to make. I I see sixty yard kicks every. It seems like every week in this league now. I thought Justin Tucker was going to make it from sixty seven or sixty whatever the hell he kicked it from yesterday. I thought he was going to make it because I've seen so many sixty yard kicks this year. I don't know what's going on with these kickers, but their their leg strength is now off the charts. My issue with Jake Elliott though is the Eagles are so effective offensively. And they're so aggressive offensively, they never kick field goals. So the guy that, that never was, that was one of the reasons why I worried about Jake making a fifty-four yeah, yard. Yeah, but I just meant, out there all that often. I just meant it's not the distance. I know he he he'd get it there from fifty-four. Um, it, it's the lack of activity. Yeah, that part. I'm 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 a. That was his eleventh field goal attempt. Eleventh field goal attempt in eleven games. I, I mean, it, it's it's unbelievable. He's nine out of eleven. Um, it, yeah, I'm, I, so from that standpoint, yeah, you don't see him. He doesn't get opportunities, and then you expect him to go out there and make a big kick. So from that, yeah, a little bit, uh, I was concerned. Um, but I, I can't really criticize the Eagles offense. I mean, that he doesn't kick a lot of field goals because they are successful and they do go for it on fourth down and they do, they're very good on fourth down. So um, I'd rather have seven points than three points. You know, Nick calls it a four point play touchdown versus field goal. So um, it's, it's the right decision. It's one of the reasons they're 10 and one. And the aggressiveness, the NFL was way behind that Doug Peterson and, Congrats to Doug because he did it against Baltimore with the aggression, getting a big upset win. He kind of started that in in the NFL, and it's continuing. And the Eagles are at the forefront of it, and it's worked for him. Yeah, uh, coming into that fifty-four yard field goal, Jake Elliott for the season from forty plus, one for three. 
He'd only tried three field goals from 40 yards out, and he had missed two out of the three. So, yeah, I was a little tentative. Tentative no more because he slammed it right through the uprights. So good on him. Uh, yeah, Eagles offense was superior yesterday. Running game mostly, but the passing game, when it needed to be, got the job done as well. All right, we'll begin the nitpicking portion of the show, or at least I will. And Les Bone's going to join us coming up in less than five minutes. The defense. Last week, just stellar after the first drive, shutting down the Colts running game. Packers ran it pretty efficiently. Now, they're always playing from behind because they give up the 13 points right away. So you knew it was going to be more passing than running. But they ran the ball pretty damn effectively yesterday. The uh, veteran DTs that were brought in off the scrap heap got a week of practice and were less effective yesterday than they were last week. Is that still a concern that other teams can run the ball against Eagles? It's nice when you're playing from the lead and you're not as afraid against the run. Hopefully they don't fall behind against Tennessee next week because King Henry might run it uh, 40 times. Uh, what did you see out of the Eagles' run defense last night? Yeah, I mean, uh, I, well, I think you're right. I think Green Bay is a good running team with two good running backs for people don't realize A.J. Dillon, he is a horse, man. Beast. I mean, he is a horse. And Aaron Jones is just a, a really good, uh, well-rounded back. They had more of an issue with – and just pure running game stopping Dillon, which isn't typical. Typically, Jones is more the guy. Um, yeah, I, I, I thought they were fine. That's kind of that's kind of where they are. They gave up a – what, what was it, 106. I'm looking at it. 12 for 43 with Jones. So they had Jones under four yards of carry. Uh, Dylan, as I said, they struggled with. Um, that's part of that's part of how they play defense. I say it all the time. That's that's part of it. But the defense as a whole, I, I I'm not as concerned as as most people seem to be for this reason. We, we talked about the special teams, the offense as well with. Uh, uh, couple of issues with the 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 back-to-back sneaks gave them the short field um when they weren't able to convert which is rare um the aj brown fumble um which aj's not healthy he's like me he's been sick uh threw up so much he burst a blood vessel in his eye uh had another fumble that's not typical aj brown but short field short field um, I think they gave up three scoring drives over 50 yards. Uh, so more, and one of them was the, the, the Watson play, which is basically a rookie safety taking a bad angle. Who's not used to playing. Uh, and he's really fast Christian Watson, but, um, so a lot of things, I mean, a lot of bots and ifs, and I know people don't like that, but when you give up all those kickoff returns, and you're starting at the 50 or the 40. I mean, that's part of it. And that's why we're talking about special teams. I'm much more worried about special teams than the defense. Um, but as far as the running game, your original question, I say it every week on this show, Jody, that's part of it. They're willing to give up some in the running game to stop the passing game. Here's the problem. You give up the big play to Christian Watson, you're supposed to be limiting explosive plays. Now, if that's Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, it probably doesn't happen. But, again, ifs and buts. 
Yeah, I'm still a little bit more nervous about the running game because, uh, yes, they did win their previous two games before Sue and um, uh, Linval Joseph got here, but they had been run against. I guess if you're going to take the mindset, hey, you won, who cares how many yards we gave up? That did concern me a little bit. And um, the fact that uh, that was the game that they lost against Washington, they did win one out of two. Yet came and reared its ugly head again. Now, at some point, we will talk about the return of injured players. Not that you have any definitive, but I'm going to ask you to speculate a little bit on the uh, Davis and uh, Maddox injuries. And also, where does Chauncey Gardner fall into the mix as far as health goes? Uh, We'll talk about it for the next hour and 40 minutes here on Birds 365. And we're going to get a helping hand. Our buddy Les Bowen scheduled to join us coming up in the next couple of minutes. And then in hour number two, Chris Franklin has become a regular day after, mostly victories, 10 of them in 11 games. Uh, Eagles uh, spot here with us on Birds 365. So we get uh, Chris Franklin up in hour number two. But next, we got Les Bowen jumping in with John McMullen and Jody McDonald here on Birds 365. Don't wait until after Thanksgiving for leftovers. It's the new leftover sales event at Jeff D'Ambrosio Destination Downingtown. Jeff must get rid of hundreds of new 2022 vehicles on the lot. Rams, Grand Cherokees, Wranglers, Jeff has them all for less. Jeff has reduced prices and payments to the lowest they've been all year. And Jeff knocks down high interest rates, save thousands more than anywhere else. Plus, get more for any trade or lease return. You always win at Jeff's great selection, best price. Hurry in now. Jeff D'Ambrosio Destination Downingtown. Nobody treats you better. Black Friday sales event. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to Ocean.
At Salis University, our graduates are among the most highly trained in their profession because of our unique emphasis on research, interprofessional collaboration, and early clinical exposure. Learn more about our programs at salis.edu. Day after a huge Eagles win against the Green Bay Packers. Appreciate you streaming in here on Birds 365 with your Mac and Mac guys, McMullen and McDonald. We are joined by our bud, Les Bowen, who has been covering the Eagles for a very long period of time. Are you outside again? Is it that night? I am indeed. With the dog. It was cold. Yeah. What are you doing? It's not too bad. There's a little bit of wind, but, you know, keeps me on my toes. Uh, there we go. Get you going, Les. Appreciate you on your toes and getting up early with us. Uh, here's where I want to start, Les. You've been covering this team for a long time. So you've seen Randall Cunningham and Donovan McNabb and Michael Vick, three of the best running quarterbacks in the last 30 years in the National Football League. Did Jalen Hurts have to take a backseat to any of those guys? No, no, I don't think so. Um, I didn't really cover Randall Cunningham. I did see him. I was here then. I wasn't okay. covering the Eagles. He was an amazing, you know, it looked so amazing the way he did it with that long angular frame and, you know, the Carl Banks thing where he yeah. looks like a deer leaping over. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was visually more stunning, perhaps. And Michael Vick, I think, was faster, actually, than Jalen Hurts. Certainly in his young years, before he got to the Eagles, Vick was faster than Jalen Hurts. However... I never saw Michael Vick do that last night. Um, <clears throat> I, that 157 yards, I, I don't really have any words for that. But the thing that impresses me about it is the two touchdown passes as well. Um, I saw a thing from NFL research saying that no, you know, they, they put together some of the passing stats and some of the running stats and basically said, at least since 1950, no quarterback has ever done this. And I think that's pretty darn remarkable. Yeah, he was uh, 21 yards away. Basically one big run last, one more for setting the all-time record uh, for quarterbacks uh, for running in a game. Justin Fields set it earlier this year. Colin Kaepernick also did it to play. I said 181. Um, so that's how close he was. I love the description uh, Jalen uh, was asked after the game about his effectiveness and, and how, you know, to explain it. And he said, I ran and they couldn't get me, <laughs> which, which pretty much sums it up. I, I don't know. After watching the Indianapolis game, what the heck was Green Bay thinking? What, what, I mean, there's got to be a better... 363 yards of rushing. I told Jody last, those are like college numbers. You don't see that in the NFL. Is it Jalen Hurts? Is it the offensive line? Is it the play calling? How do you get 363 yards rushing? We lost uh, less. Do you have them, Jody? Is uh, giving him again? 
you don't have less, do you? No. I didn't know if it was me or not. So 363 yards rushing. What is it, Jalen? Is it the coaching staff? Is it the offensive line? Obviously, it's a little bit of everything. But what is what's the biggest part of it? And that's the most impressive thing about it, uh, J Mac. Oh, I do really believe it's a combination. If I just thought that Jalen Hurts' talent out surpassed everything else and that he was doing this on his own, I'd say so. If I thought that I could go back there and run the football behind that Eagle offensive line, I'd say so. If I didn't think the Green Bay's lame defensive attempts against the run were part of it, I'd say so. No, it's a little bit of everything. And I hope we've got uh, less back. Um, we're just saying less that uh, last night was, while I asked you specifically about Jalen Hurts, it was a team effort with the offensive line, getting the job done, and the Packers not being great against it. Um, this team is now 10-1, and one, and they are doing so as a team. So I think the credit's got to be shared across the board on the offense. Uh, don't you agree? Oh, sure. And, and you need to savor that if you're an Eagles fan. I know there are plenty of things you can look at from last night and, you know, find fault with. And I certainly will and have. Uh, but 10 and 1. I mean, how many times are we going to see that as people around the Eagles? How many times are Eagles fans going to see that? Uh, you need to kind of sit back and take it in a little bit. And uh, I Hertz certainly was not the entire show. Miles Sanders had an incredible game. Uh, yeah. The offensive line, after some first-half foibles, I thought, uh, I still don't understand how they can ever not pick up fourth and inches. But, uh, you know, it's uh, the second half, especially that last drive when they got the ball back after the onside kick and had to get a first down to run out the clock. And – what was that? Oh, is less freezing up on us again? Yeah, we got we got freezing less. So evidently, it is. He said and he it said was it was nice out. out. I he went out this morning. Nice it was a little chilly. I had to put a coat yeah. on it. And we got freezing less. So it isn't nice out, Les. You are freezing. Let's see if Les gets the joke. No, not yet. Do we have you back, Les? No, we still got. Well, we'll continue to talk. Issues. Um, I know one thing, because I know Les well enough. I know he's going to complain about the special teams, as well he should. Uh, let's pop him up. Less special teams, if you can hear me. Um, I know you've been harping on that uh, pretty much all season, rightfully so. I think it hit rock bottom last night. I mean, they couldn't, they could, they couldn't cover a kick at all. And the kid on Green Bay was acting like he was Cordero Patterson taking it eight yards deep out of the end zone because they had no respect for the Eagles' kick coverage. Now I know they're ten and one. I know this is nitpicking, but man, that's got to stop at some point. They got to figure that out. Well, Les, not hearing no, us. It seems like Les isn't hearing us. We're seeing him move around. It's the, That wasn't the frozen Les, but it was the still can't have the conversation with Les. All right, speaking of conversations, what's the conversation between Nick Sirianni and Michael Clay like today? Um, I know yeah, that that's Nick interesting. That's interesting because 
you know, I laughed and I made, you know, I, I laughed at people who were, you know, say buyer Jonathan Gannon after the loss to Washington. I mean, that to me is just ludicrous when you're 10 and one to a certain degree. I say the same thing with Michael Clay. Well, he's not getting fired. They're 10 and one, you don't buyer coaches when you're 10 and one. Um, but I will say after the season, it's got to be a conversation. And, and Les, do we have you? Yes, I'm sorry. Yes. Um, so we're talking about special teams. We're talking yeah. about the, the yes. kick coverage. And it was consistently bad. I mean, kick every time that kid from Green Bay, I mean, 50-yard line, short fields. Um, this has been going on to a certain degree all season. Well, something really has been, bad. you know, it hasn't always been kickoff coverage. Yeah. In fact, for a while they were doing really well on kickoff coverage. But every almost every week there's some sort of special teams disaster. Yeah. A fake punt that's converted, a field goal that was blocked in the Minnesota game that could have been a touchdown that would have turned the game around. Uh, you know, every almost every week. Uh, and it's remarkable. I've never seen anything like it. I know our Ruben Frank said last night on TV, uh, you can't fire the special teams coach in the middle of the season, but I would. And he said, so, you know, I at least bring in a consultant for this guy or something. I don't know. I, if it's a personnel problem, go get the personnel. You know, I mean, it's not that hard to fix if it's personnel, but it's not like finding a quarterback or something. I mean, I, what in the world is going on with this and why aren't they fixing it? It's, Hold it's on. Just... Let's, let's not move past one of your points there, Les, because I think it's an outstanding one. Just this past week, they brought in one of the cast sides of the Colts coaching staff, right? The yes. offensive guy to give a helping hand to the defense to uh, point at certain things that he thinks the Eagles defense is going to face in these next coming weeks. We see Howie Roseman pick up both Ndamukong Sue and Linval Joseph off the scrap heap. So they are all in, do whatever it takes, maybe even unconventional. Why not bring in a consultant for special teams this week? That that wouldn't fly in the face of the way NFL does things, would it, you right. guys? No, I don't think so. But, I, it, it, you know, it is interesting because Les points out, it's been consistent and it's been varied. Uh, it's been a different portion of special teams. Even yesterday, you had the missed uh, PAT before yeah. uh, Jake Elliott made the big field goal late. Um, the punt return game, we've talked a lot about uh, Britton Cubby. They seem to like him. You know, the, the, there's been talk about the, the blocking when it comes to returns. Boston Scott seemed to give them a little bit more juice in the kickoff returns, so they made a ship there. They made a ship – they started with Quez Watkins, so they're not adverse to making changes. I, I don't know. I'm at a loss. I don't understand. This is such a good team. Yeah. And they can't figure out special teams. It's kind if of If you're 10-1 – you have enough talent to cover kicks. Yeah. I'm sorry. Thanks. You know, I mean, years ago, Malcolm Jenkins would run down yes. on these things. Yes. yes. If you're having a problem, I, I know this is crazy, but put Darius Slay out there, put somebody, you know, find somebody that can 
run down the field and make a tackle. That last kickoff, Elliott almost kicked it onto Patterson Avenue, and the guy still ran it out and still got 50 yards. Yeah. It was unbelievable. I just <laughs> – it, yeah, I know it sounds like we're focusing on the negative here after a huge win, but it it was almost as extraordinary as the 363 rushing yards. It really was. I I can't remember ever seeing anything quite like it. Yeah, well, the reason why I'm harping on it less is it was, and Jody brings up, it was a 40-33 game, and it really wasn't, you know, out of – the Eagles had to pick up the big first down – uh, Elliot had to kick a big field goal. Green Bay was still in the game, and the reason they were still in the game is because they had all these short fields. The defense only gave up three drives. I think it was three drives of over 50 yards. So it was all short fields yeah. enabling Green Bay to stay in the football game, which to me is why it's a big concern. And those hidden yards – he had, I think it was a hundred. I have to look at it. A hundred and seventy some odd yards in kickoff returns. Now think yeah, about that. that was right. Yeah. Yards. Yeah. In three, in three kickoff returns, I believe. I think they had two that they didn't return. Perhaps I don't know. But uh, yeah, it, the defense, you know, didn't play real well. But you can't have those short fields with this defense it's not that kind of deal I and mean, no defense is that kind of defense where yeah. you continually yeah. want to let you're almost in field goal range when the first time you snap the ball it's absurd yeah Less five for 172 by the way yeah on kickoff returns five for that's, 172 that's, that's not good uh, the eagles never get those kind of returns so when the opposition does it does sting pretty good um Defense, uh, let's stay there. They lose Chauncey Gardner-Johnson relatively early in the game. To read Blankenship's credit, he comes in, steps in front of a pass. That actually was a pretty big play and uh, a momentum changer in the game. But then later, he takes a bad angle on Christian Watson, and that was a mismatch as far as pure speed goes. Watson just ran by him and and also Marcus Epps uh, for the long touchdown. Um, how painful will if, and we don't know yet, uh, if Watson's going to be out for a while, they're already down Maddox. Is the defense all of a sudden, sudden pretty shorthanded if uh, Gardner Johnson's going to be out for a bit? You know, I don't know. Before last night, I mean, Reed Blankenship had a good training camp, but my main memory of him before last night in an actual regular season game was when he ran into the punter in one of those special teams yeah. gaffes that we were talking yeah, about yeah, earlier. Yeah. Uh, you know, he really hadn't played more than a handful of defensive snaps. So I thought he did remarkably well considering, you know, and uh, he was a good tackler. Um, I, I guess we have to kind of keep fingers crossed there. Uh, I thought early in the game with him and Josiah Scott, uh, you know, subbing for Vontae Maddox, who's still out for a few more weeks, it might be a long night over the middle. I don't think they were great over the middle, but he got the interception right away. And hundreds of people on Twitter were very happy to remind me uh, of that after I tweeted that, uh, you know, they might have a long night over the middle. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I I guess we have to. Hope That's not that. like them, Les. That's not yeah, like really. them. People are weird. You know, I immediately <laughs> tweeted again, making fun of myself. Yeah. And everybody ignored that. And instead, for hours, after the game even, I was getting, 
<laughs> yeah, you said yeah. It, you know. I I, but anyway, I I think uh, it's not as bad as if they lost like uh, Darius Slay or Brad Berry or you know T.J. Edwards or someone like that. But it's a the guy was leading the league in interceptions, C.J. Gardner Johnson, and that's that's a significant thing. And I hope uh, you know certainly that he's not going to be out for very long if it's ribs. Uh, it, there, that can really vary depending on the severity and, yeah. and so forth. Yeah, he looked like he was in a lot of pain. I, I thought it was yeah. a stinger when it first happened, but uh, and then all of a sudden yeah. it pops up ribs, which is a little bit more concerning. Um, stingers, not that they're not concerning, but usually they calm down pretty quickly. And, Right, um, right. It could be a, a, a little bit of a week-to-week thing, at least with Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. So we'll see. And and that is a big concern. But, you know, I start to think, you mentioned 10-1, and one, Les. I mean, every time this team has been 10-1, and one, which is not often, it has bode very well for how far they're going to go. Um, then you start thinking about things. Aaron Rodgers is there, obviously, Slay made a big deal during the week saying he wanted his goat ball. He, he got one from Tom Brady, got one from Drew Brees, interception. He's never intercepted Aaron Rodgers. He's played him, I think, 15 times. So that was the 16th time. And he said he wanted one. And he never throws it to him because he never throws it to anybody. Aaron Rodgers doesn't throw interceptions. Now, he's thrown them a little bit more this year. But when I start to think about Aaron Rodgers, who in the seven years, I looked it up less, in the seven years Slay was in Detroit, he threw 38 total interceptions. The guy doesn't throw interceptions. That's seven years, seven seasons, 38 interceptions. Um. He throws interceptions to Josiah Scott and Reed Blankenship. And both of them, that was their first NFL interceptions. And we lost less again. So it was a long-winded question, my fault. So I'll throw it to you, Jody. Hopefully you were listening. I was. Both had their first NFL interceptions against Aaron Rodgers. At some point, you say the stars are aligning here. This is crazy, the season the Philadelphia Eagles are having. And I thought the stars were aligning against Darius Slay because he was so mm-hmm. badly wanting that goat interception, which he didn't he get. He should have had it. Went off, his off his helmet, then yeah. Josiah Scott plays the rebound perfectly and comes down with the pick. Was a little weird. Uh, let me follow your question and spin one off for less. I speculated on this here on Birds 365 during the week and then yesterday morning on WIP with my buddy Glennie Mack. Is this the last visit that Aaron Rodgers will make to Lincoln Financial Field in a green versus green fashion, meaning the Eagles versus the Packers? Do you think with the way last night went, where his contract situation sits, his age and everything else added in, do you think we've seen the last Rodgers versus the Eagles matchup, Les? You know, I was a lot of people were talking along that regard uh, during the game uh, because Jordan Love came in and played well, and you know that's why they drafted Jordan Love initially. But Rodgers was, I think, pretty strong after the game that he's planning to play next week. So 
I don't know. I mean, I the Packers are in a weird spot. They're four and eight. You know, yeah. what is their future with Aaron Rodgers? Uh, I'm moving around here trying – I hope I don't give any of the guests vertigo, but I'm trying to figure out how to stay connected with you guys. Um, you know, what is their future with Aaron Rodgers? Uh, how how does this all fit together for them going forward? Uh, it's very possible. I think we'll see Aaron Rodgers again, but it might not be in a Packer uniform. You know, uh, they might want to do something there, uh, you know, to rebuild their team, which frankly isn't very good. All right, Les, I got this, so I, I'm sure you get it. I'm sure you've gotten it. Um, and I got it again yesterday. Jalen Hurts ran the football 17 times, not sustainable, can't do it. Why yeah. do the Eagles keep doing it? Um, from my perspective, I, I mean, the guy protects himself. He seems to never get it. He did take a, a little bit of a blow to his neck that seemed to mm-hmm. affect him a little bit. Um I don't know how you legislate that. I don't yeah. see a ton of design runs. There's some, right. but if you look at 17, I mean, throw four quarterback sneaks right off the top. So that mm-hmm. knocks it down to 13. Right. Then you have the off schedule stuff. So maybe you have five or six design runs. I haven't gone through it to get the total number. I don't think it's that big of a deal. Do you think it's that big of a deal? I kind of do, but. I just don't think you can depend on your quarterback running 150 yards, you know, regularly. That's not how this offense is supposed to work. Well, and I guess the one yeah, thing, but... <laughs> the one thing here is that you don't have Dallas Goddard right now. And that seems to be a huge deal for the passing yeah. game. Um, AJ Brown isn't really right. You know, he's got the ankle. Last night he had that he had been ill all week and lost weight and had the blood vessel in his eye and all that. Uh, I and ultimately they need to to rely a little less on Jalen Hurts running around. But it's remarkable that they can just pull that lever when they when they really need it. And I don't. I wouldn't just say. I wouldn't discount. You know, the fact that they can win that way because you, you're not supposed to win with the quarterback running, you know, and I, I, I mean, he can get hurt. I I've been down that road too many more times with quarterbacks. Donovan McNabb thought he could never get hurt until he did. Um, well, everybody's <laughs> going to get hurt. I'm with yeah. you there. But you can't legislate it. So I can't worry. about. Yeah, it. I agree. I agree. We're at a point now where. You have to win. And, uh, yeah, you, the yards were there last night. I mean, the, the, the field opened up in front of him. Every time he scrambled, it seemed like there was 20 yards there, you know. And he wasn't taking a ton of crushing hits. I was not as concerned about it, you know. And, again, he did throw the two touchdown passes. It wasn't like a Pop Warner game or something where you just hand the ball to the big kid, you know. <laughs> and have him run down the field. Uh, I, yeah, I, I kinda, I'm in the same boat with you on that, I guess. Les, how is Miles Sanders feeling this morning? He has his best career rushing day as a member of the Philadelphia Eagles, and it kind of floats under the radar because, oh, by the way, the quarterback rushed for more yards than he did, which doesn't happen in the National Football League often. But uh, if they don't have the game that they had for Miles Sanders last night, 
I don't know that they win that game. Uh, the Packers did put up 30-plus points. Miles Sanders is having a hell of a year, and I think um, we're not right. giving him quite enough uh, due for how big a contributor is to this offense right now. Is that fair? Yeah, and I, I think he's pretty happy this morning. If you put his yards and Hertz yards together, it's exactly 300 uh, rushing yards, 143, 157. Um, Miles Sanders is – looking for a contract in the offseason, and this has to help. Uh, there's no way it hurts. I mean, everybody in the league saw him do that last night. He's running very differently, I think. this is Not very differently, but you really see him stick his nose in and get that extra yard or two now. And you didn't always see that in the past. And he's staying pretty healthy, too. And, uh, you know, I, there was a time when I wondered if he could have a game like he had last night you know, without hurting himself. <laughs> and uh, he did. And uh, I give him a lot of credit. And, uh, yeah, he's a big part of what they're doing right now. Yeah, he is. And that's, you know, I I think about this team and I think about where they are less. And I also think about how many people are on the final year of their contract. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, this is seized the moment time. And they did so when they brought in, Linval Joseph, who I think continues to play very well. I think he played well again. Mm -hmm. uh, and Sue, not as much. I, I don't, you know, again, I didn't see much from Robert Quinn, although he did have a quarterback hit that I must have missed during the game. Me but, too. Um, I, I do find it interesting that they are going all in uh, with the championship window open. Is that what the acknowledgement that, look, some of these guys aren't going to be here. I mean, there's not – T.J. Edwards is a guy you mentioned. I mean, what right. a year T.J. Edwards is having. What what kind yeah. of contract do you have to give T.J. Edwards? Um, I, I think they do re-sign him. I, but you're right. A lot of these guys, a lot of key guys are, don't have contracts for next year, and they're not all going to get contracts here, you know. Um, I think Jeff McClain wrote a piece in the Inquirer yesterday about Jalen Hurts' contract. Uh, which is up, you know, that you can you can extend him starting extend, this offseason. Yeah. And once they do that, the the landscape changes. It really does. Now, we don't know how much the cap's going to go up. Uh, it could go up a lot. But it'll be a very different scenario. You know, they, this year they had room to bring in everybody, literally. <laughs> and uh, – they're not going to have that next year. They're going to have to make some tough choices and some people are going to have to step up. You know, somebody was asking me last night uh, about Isaac Suomalo. Isaac Suomalo is gone, I think. Uh, I think, first of all, I think Kelsey plays another year because I think he's having a ton of fun this season and he wants to win another Super Bowl. And if they don't win the Super Bowl this year, he's going to want to stick around. And I think Jurgens is your right guard next year. I don't think they're going to give Isaac Suomalo money. You know, they've got too much else going on. Uh, a lot of people don't think they should try to re-sign Bradbury. I, I think this team hasn't had two solid outside corners in more than a decade. And maybe you should re-sign Bradbury. You know, everybody says it's going to be expensive, though. He's just playing at such one. a high level. they last draft a good corner? Yeah. 20 well, years ago. <laughs> but that's the problem. I mean, yeah, Bradbury came here. He was – cut late by the Giants because of salary cap yes. issues. He's playing under a team-friendly deal. 
I, I don't think it's going to be team friendly next no, year. No, it isn't. No. Maybe maybe the age helps the Eagles a little bit uh, to keep the number down, but he's playing so well. He's another guy. Kaiser White. What do you do with Kaiser yeah. White? You have Nicobe Dean. Um, yeah, I uh, think that's your answer right there. I don't think Kaiser White is is here next year. I, he probably should be in a in a in a great in a, the best of all possible worlds, but. I, I don't think they're going to have that room, and I think Nicobe Dean is what you have to do there. But, yeah, there's right. going to be a lot of decisions like that. Let me get both of your thoughts on this one. Um, <coughs> the Packer player who went down, after the play uh, was over, he's walking off the field and just kind of goes down like someone had a rifle in the upper yes. section of yes. uh, Lincoln Financial Field. Last I just looked weird. It happened a couple of times yesterday in the Eagles game and a couple of times in other games in the National Football League. The teams are taking advantage of injury issues, that they've got to stop the game and it changes the momentum of the game. And I get it. You can't look like a-holes if you're the NFL and throw flags on it. Or should they? That Do you put subjectivity into it in the referee's choice if they don't believe a guy is actually hurt? It's going down just to stop the clock or change the momentum of the game. John and I often talk about the fact that the NFL is, uh, on a big picture, over-legislated. But this is one that I actually think they could and should legislate more. Am I just whining because of last night, or is my complaint legit, Les? Your complaint is extremely legit, but I don't see how you would do that. In yeah, a practical I, don't, sense. I don't know how I, you could do it. I don't I, see how it would work. I mean, Jair Alexander, Alexander was at, was legitimately battling stuff, you know, throughout the game. You could tell. You can kind of tell. I mean, they did a, that was a linebacker, fifty-eight that uh, that did the uh, flop, and yeah. yeah, they had the medical personnel run out and all that stuff. But you could tell from rewinding the tape you know, what he had done. I, I didn't see anything else from the Packers that was like that. And I hate when the fans start, you know, booing everybody that goes down and guys writhing in pain yeah. and they're booing. That just isn't a good, a good thing, but I don't know what you do. I, it, it, it's, it's silly. I mean, all they were trying to do was disrupt the tempo there, you yeah. know, and I chip again. Chip brought so much to the NFL yeah. that he yeah. doesn't get credit for. And people doing that to try to stop the tempo. But I will, you know, Les, you bring up all it takes is one person, right? It was really, it was a weird night. It was really hot. Yeah. It was humid. It was raining. Not hot, but hotter than it should be this time of year. Uh, Nick even brought up cramping. You know, you could be walking and get a cramp. Anybody who's going to sleep at night and gets a cramp in their leg. Yeah. It just pops up out of nowhere. And, you know, the minute you're an NFL official and you're saying you're not injured, you're injured, they can't do that. I mean, it, it yeah. might be frustrating, but, right. hey, if you're beating a team like a drum and they're doing it, you're beating a team like a drum. You know? Yeah. So I don't know how you change that. And I, it was weird because at least once I saw a green – I don't remember now who it was, a Green Bay player who was obviously was injured and was, like, hobbling off the field, desperately trying to get to the side. You know, he was doing the opposite of that. You know, he, 
So I don't know. I don't know if they talked about it. I don't know if this was the linebacker's idea, you know, on his own. Uh, I don't like it. I think they should maybe talk to coaches about it privately. You know, if you have a team that's doing this a lot, maybe the league, you know, goes back and looks at stuff and, and hands out a fine to the coach or something. I don't know. But it's, it's, it is unseemly, but I, I'm with John. I don't know what you do about it. Right, last thing for me, lesson. we always appreciate it when you stream in with us. I said to John earlier in the show that until Jake Elliott kicked that field goal, I, 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 the game sat in the balance yep. for me. I didn't feel like the Eagles had won the game. They had the lead. I wasn't uncomfortable, but I wasn't 100% comfortable. They checked off a big box for me last night in that they won a shootout. Back and forth, both teams going mm-hmm. up down the field. They hadn't done that yet this year. Did it want to check the box? And they checked one other box for me yesterday. They won a game where they didn't win the coin flip. They, <laughs> they got the football first and drove it right down the field. Nick Sirianni didn't get a chance to say, oh, I'll defer. I wanted yeah. them to get the ball first last night. I hope they won the coin toss and took the ball. They didn't. They lost the coin toss, but they got the ball and marched down the field. Will that give Sirianni at least some shot of having an open mind on the coin flip going forward because I expect them to now win the coin flip the last six games. They've been that good at that. Will we actually see the Eagles have a game where they don't defer? You know, uh, Jody, this is something that I actually had not given any thought to whatsoever. But yeah, I, I think it is stupid stuff. I apologize I do, for that, but it I did me. notice, you know, <laughs> I think one of the reasons you want to win the coin flip is for that first possession of the second yes, half. Yes, yes. And the Packers had that, and they got shut down. You know, it was a three and out, I'm pretty sure, that first possession of the second half. And that's what's really important there. And I I was glad to see the Eagles do that. Uh, Maybe he will. You know, it certainly turned out in their favor last night. They got going. You're right. They had the momentum. They went right down the field. Maybe at home you should probably do that, perhaps. Uh, I I think it's dictated by the opponent. If yeah. you really believe that you can march down the field and score that first possession, you want to establish something. And when last night it was Jalen Hurts running the football, which they did tremendously. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Give me the ball. Rather than yeah. just know automatically the numbers say, analytics say you must defer. Right. That that does bother me. Most times I will defer, but I just don't want to make it 100%. And it's been 100% with Eagles so far this year. I understand. And they're two and zero, oh, by the way. When they lose the toss, they're two. Ah, oh, they're undefeated. Undefeated. undefeated when they go. lose the toss. Wow, that's great stuff. Uh, we'll let you uh, get inside. Thank you much for streaming in. You know we're going to get you back up in a couple of weeks. Thanks for doing it with us this morning. I appreciate it, guys. Take care. Thanks, Our pleasure. Les. Les Bowen here with us on Birds Three Sixty Five. Uh, I forgot that. They'd only lost a toss one other time, and yes, they had won that game as well. So, even though, do the quick math, Joe, that that makes them seven and one in games that they win the toss and defer eight and there. one, eight and one, win two and zero, oh. two and zero, oh. two and zero, oh eight, eight and one's a pretty good uh, winning percentage. Yeah, not well, as- ten and one's a pretty good winning percentage. So. Well, they're they're eight and one when they win the coin toss. That's good. They're undefeated when they lose the coin toss. That's better. He's John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald with the Mac and Mac guys. Come back. We'll we certainly got more Eagle stuff to dig into. I do want to 
talk about their competition in the NFC. And we've also got Chris Franklin joining us in less than 20 minutes here on Birds 365. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Jim Gardner. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details is an icon. A Philadelphia treasure. He's a mentor, a pace setter. Jim is my North Star. He's trusted, revered, appreciated. He is Action News. He's compassionate, honest, and fair. He is extremely dedicated, motivated, and always seeking the truth. He's also funny. We are a team of many. Jim Gardner is our leader, and we're lucky to have him. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go birds! <clears throat> go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go birds! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh. And go birds. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. You're streaming in on a victory Monday here on Birds 365. Eagles get a 40-33 win last night. Sunday night football. John McMullen's favorite. He loves those Sunday night games. 
sucking it up and getting it done with us today on just a couple hours sleep here on birds 365 uh but the eagles get to kick back rest and relax today yeah we'll hear from coach nick siriani uh later today uh you were part of the post game stuff anybody say anything that surprised you a hard fought up and down the field win but again eagles get to 10 and 1 uh, I don't know if you you, you, you at least uh, leaned on. I don't know if you mentioned the exact details. This is the fifth time in the history of Philadelphia Eagles they've been 10 and one in a yeah. given football season. In those other four years, championship before the Super Bowl and the other three all Super Bowl appearances, including the Super Bowl win uh, a couple of years ago. So when they've gone 10 and one, they have gotten to the championship level each and every single time that bodes very well for where this team is right now. Anybody say anything after the game that specifically grabbed your attention, Johnny Mac? Um, no, I, I, I mean, wins are wins, man. I mean, it's a party atmosphere. Everybody's happy. Um, everything's copacetic. Um, you know, it's tough to even take the issues seriously because you you just ran for 363 yards. And, uh, I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. So, you know, and, and we do bring up things like special teams and, um, and, and Nick said it's got to get better and yada, yada. And uh, understandably, it does have to get better, but it's hard to take these issues seriously when you're winning like the Eagles are winning. And, you know, the positive to me, especially offensively, um, 500 total yards and, you know, the passing, even though not a high volume, some big plays. So there were some good things there as well. Um, There was a little bit of a lull you know, starting in Houston, really, you know, they beat Houston's really bad. And, you know, it was like a workmanlike performance, probably a little bit bored, to be honest, against a bad football team, but they won the game. Then you had Washington, which was the only loss. Then you had Indy, which they had to scratch and claw against a mediocre team. Um, This was the first time that kind of, got out of that lull a little bit, at least offensively. Um, so that part of it's uh, positive. And then you have the p- potential returns you were talking about. Jordan Davis, potential um, to come back this week. We'll see. I saw him jogging a little bit. So um, I don't know if you need to push it uh, because you have Linball Joseph and Ndamukong and Sue now. Uh, but he's eligible to come back. Avante Maddox uh, I think that was a more serious injury. That was a serious injury. Um, and that happened in Houston. So we'll have to keep an eye on it. And and Dallas Goddard as well is supposed to be back in the regular season, but that's a that's a long time frame still um, with uh, six games remaining, you know, if it's the final game. But I think if you can get all of those three players back for the playoffs, you mentioned it previous times being 10 and one. I mean, this is championship or bust right now, Jody. Sure. That's what it is. Anything less would be a disappointment. 
and it should be because the record says so. And the other thing, and you and I have discussed this previously, um, they're going to have Jalen Hurts on the final year of his rookie contract next year. Uh, when and if they get a contract extension done with him, and the when is not till after the season's over and done with. By rule, they can't even talk to him about a contract extension until he enters the final year of his rookie deal, which is after the season is over and done with. Man, is he going to get paid? <laughs> We've had conversations about this starting last year at the end of the season, <laughs> after the season was over and done. Are they going to go get another quarterback? They made the run at Deshaun Watson. They made the run at Russell Wilson. That didn't happen. All right, Jalen's our guy. What's it going to if, – if, if, even if it's by default, if he's their guy, what the, should they be talking about as far as a contract extension goes? Oh, we started in the 20s with those numbers. We got to the high 20s. We got into the 30s. We got past 35. Oh, it's a $40 million per year conversation now with the kind of numbers he had. That's where it starts, and it probably goes north of that. So, yeah, it's going to be tough to put together the kind of roster that Howie Roseman has done this year because they're doing so with a quarterback who's making a million bucks. Yeah. They'll have that opportunity again next year, but then it's going to get really hard. So, yeah, the Eagles, every year should be a championship year. But with the direction of the team and the contracts and the cap situation they have, oh, yeah, you want to go ahead and get another Super Bowl championship because it's going to get tougher with the franchise <laughs> forward from here. Yeah, and I apologize, by the way. I'm under the weather. I keep coughing, but nothing I can do. So I'm trying Don't to worry get through about it. it. But um, when, when you know, when Les brought this up, and I, you know, I had this – it, and I get why people think it, but I don't know if this is necessarily true. When you talk about contracts, the salary cap's going up. We all know the new TV deals, it's going up. And people say, well, that will give you a little bit more room. You can pay Jalen and do some other things because the salary cap's going up. I don't think so. Quarterbacks, now, by the way, it's going up. That's not what I'm saying. But quarterback contracts set the market. In other words, agents know the salary cap's going up, and that's baked into the quarterback's deals. The quarterback's deals are only going up. As the salary cap goes up, incrementally, the quarterback deals go up. Right. So it's not going to be, oh, you're going to get the regular quarterback deal and get all this extra space for everybody else. Uh-uh. No. That's going in, and that's going up more than any other position because that's what sort of runs the NFL. So I don't think that's going to be a positive that people think it's going to be. In fact, I'm pretty sure it's not. Um, yeah, he's going to get a boatload of money, and you're going to have to build the roster differently. Now, as you mentioned, Howie Roseman's smart enough to get that final year out of his rookie deal and structure the extension when they do get it done to the point it won't kick in until 2020, uh, where are we, 2023, Four. so 2024. Um, but, yeah, Jody, it's it's going to be a different world. Yeah, the teams that are going to benefit from the expanded uh, salary cap next year are teams like the Chiefs. Andy Reid will do just fine because they got the Mahomes deal done. So when the, when the cap expands – 
you're going to want to be the guy who's already got your quarterback under contract, not the guy who's working to get their quarterback under contract because you are 100% right, John. Oh, the quarterbacks are going to ride that gravy train. That expanded cap is going to be baked into the dollars that they're going to be asking and or getting if they get to the open market. Jalen Hurts is going to get expensive. Right now, you've got an MVP-level player playing for a sec, a first-year, first, excuse me, first-ever contract, a second-round draft pick money quarterback playing for an MVP. That's a major advantage to have. And you need to take advantage of it. And Eagles have to the tune of a 10 and one record, but they're going to have to keep it uh, in the play going in the playoffs because th- there is the potential rain uh, pot of gold at the end of this rainbow season. And that's a uh, Super Bowl championship, but I'll give credit to a couple other teams. They did keep the pressure on the Eagles this weekend. Cowboys won against the giants. Although that late touchdown they gave up might've, beaten some of us who thought the Cowboys were going to win by three touchdowns and may have wagered on that backdoor cover by the Giants crushed me, took me out of my 14 bar. Like, thank you very much, uh, Dallas, for just going into prevent defense there at the end. But they won, and they're uh, two games behind the Eagles. The Vikings, just a game behind the Eagles, found a way to win late on Thanksgiving as well. And uh, Johnny Super Bowl pick the 49ers. I watched some of that game late yesterday. Their defense is legit. It's real. Yeah. The same 49ers offense. scare me. 49ers scare me. Cowboys are very good. They don't scare me. If I'm the Eagles now, I, um, I think the 49ers are the biggest concern. Giants are who I thought they were. Vikings are who I thought they were. And the fact that they can't stop anybody. Um, they managed to win games. They have good playmakers, but their defense is so bad. Um, I look at it as Eagles, and if anybody's going to knock off the Eagles, it's probably going to be the 49ers and then the Cowboys. I would agree with you. Those are the top three teams, and I would put them in that order. Uh, who was I debating with yesterday? Oh, it was uh, Zach Berman on WIP. He said Eagles, then Cowboys, then 49ers. I said, why would you rate the Cowboys ahead of four? Now, I know they're one game better as per the standings, but he said, well, uh, the quarterback position. What has Dak Prescott ever done in the playoffs? At least Jimmy G's won some games. I know Jimmy G never comes out and throws for 350 and five touchdowns, but he has won playoff games. And, oh, by the way, if you just go by quarterback uh, passer rating, which some people like, some people don't, I think it's one of those things you have to acknowledge is the best we have. While imperfect, it is the best way we have of judging quarterbacks. Jimmy G is rated above above Dak Prescott right now. So, uh, yeah, I'm with you, J-Mac. My Super Bowl choice, Eagles, your Super Bowl choice in the NFC 49ers, they're the two best teams in the NFC right now. And if they're not playing for a championship uh, come late uh, January, I'd be surprised. I think they've kind of distanced themselves from the rest of the conference. Yeah, Thanksgiving is always the time of year where the real contenders start to distance themselves. The pretenders start to show their pretenders. Uh, and as I mentioned, I think we've kind of seen that already start to develop. Um, and, you know, the also rants also start giving up and start thinking about next April more than uh, so this is the time of year 
And the Eagles are clearly, look, I, I think they're still clearly the best team in the NFL. But they have to get healthy. And healthy they need specifically Dallas Goddard and Avante Maddox, even more than Jordan Davis, because they've been able to at least replace um, Jordan Davis a little bit with Linball Joseph um, and Indomitian and Sue, more Linball. But those other two, they have not been able to replace. You know, Josiah Scott had the big interception, which I mentioned, which is nice, but overall play has not been up to anywhere near Avante Maddox's standard. And obviously tight end has been an issue, um, especially in the passing game without Dallas Goddard. If they can get those two players back and playing at a high level, they're they're good. They're really good. Right. And you fully expect the coach Nick Sirianni to give you an wow. exact timeline on when to the those minute players... to the minute, Jody. To the minute. You know, you know who I had to tell I thought of Sirianni this weekend. Um I was lucky enough, wise enough, uh, to get in on the Jets minus only five and a half because someone told me on Saturday there's no way that Justin Field is going to play that the bears kept insisting that he was questionable for the game. And someone gave me the info before they had advanced Nathan Peterman onto the roster. If that wasn't a dead giveaway that Justin Fields wasn't playing, I don't know what was. And then in the warmups, they say Trevor Simeon's not going to play that he, he hurt injured himself while warming up and that Peterman's actually going to start and then the game starts and, and Simeon's in there. So I don't know if that was a ruse or whatever. But Chicago's playing that same game Nick Sirianni does. Information is value, and I'm going to hold it as close to my chest as possible. Yeah. Nobody uh, which... cares, Chicago. Nobody cares if it's Trevor Simeon or Nathan Peterman. Um, Those of us who are considering betting the Jets well, absolutely cared yesterday, Johnny Mac. I meant, uh, I don't mean gambling. I meant football wise, but uh, the competitive advantage. And oh, by the way, the Jets are in a playoff race too. So it had football implications. But I meant the Jets, the Jets are winning that game, whether it's Trevor Simeon or uh, Nathan Peterman. That's the point. Um, They were trying to make you believe that Justin Fields was going to play, which I'm telling you, someone told me there's no chance, Jody. He's there is no chance he's going to get anywhere near the field. But according to the Bears, they were going, oh, he's questionable. We don't know. It's game time decision. No, it wasn't. It was a friggin Wednesday decision that he was out of the game. Yeah. I, you know, the Bears are. I, I, I don't like what the Bears have done this year. I don't like how they built around Justin Fields to begin with. And then it took them way too long to take advantage of what Justin Fields does well. And now, you know, when I, when I heard all that and I wasn't paying as close attention as you were as a Jets guy, but um, my, my estimation was there were more people in the decision than should have been. That's how I got it. I was like, this is the GMs involved, the, you know, uh, about who's playing quarterback. And that's a that's always a bad situation. Uh, that's how I took it. Okay, I don't know yeah. if that's the case, but that's how I, I didn't. Took it. And I don't know if it was the case either, but uh, I thought it was more a Matt Eberflus 
comparison to Nick Sirianni thing, who somehow I'm going to gain an incompetitive advantage yeah. by not being honest about where my players are at. Uh, that That's the way I saw it. And uh, yes, oh, by the way, Trevor Simeon played like Trevor Simeon. And they weren't beating the legend that was Mike White either way for the Jets. All right, well, but uh, that stuff aside, I just thought it was a fun comp between Sirianni because he's going to tell Johnny Mack, he's going to whisper in his ear exactly when Avante he Maddox might, and uh, Jordan Davis are going to come back and Dallas got her. Johnny he might Mack tell gonna, Chris Franklin, but he's not telling me. You think Franklin's got a better chance? Mm-hmm. To get the, maybe he's already told Franklin. Let's find out. We'll take a quickie timeout. Come back here on Birds 365. From NJ.com, Chris Franklin is next. Stay right here with us. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Jim Gardner is an icon. A Philadelphia treasure. He's a mentor, a pace setter. Jim is my North Star. He's trusted, revered, appreciated. He is Action News. He's compassionate, honest, and fair. He is extremely dedicated, motivated, and always seeking the truth. He's also funny. We are a team of many. Jim Gardner is our leader, and we're lucky to have him. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Appreciate you streaming in with us here on Birch 365 on a victorious Monday. 
You got McMullen, McDonald, and our bud, Chris Franklin from NJ.com, NJ uh, Media as well, indoors today. Now, we got we had Les Bowen on earlier, and he said, oh, it's nice outside. I thought for sure if we got Les outside, we we're going to get you outside. What's got you inside today, Franklin? It is windy. I don't know if you guys yeah, feel like there. It is yeah. windy, windy. I mean, yeah. all of a sudden, uh, I want to go like, hey, so we're here. And there's no turkeys dropping or anything like that. WKRP, so I don't want anything like that going on. So, yeah. Nice. Yeah. WKRP, bro. <laughs> I'm older I like than I look, I feel. <laughs> uh, Turkey Day reference. So, uh, well, let's start with the running game because Jalen Hurts, Miles Sanders, Chris Franklin, Jody McDonald. I think everybody had 100 yards yesterday. Why Why is this team so good running the football, Chris? I've been asking this. Now, obviously, it has to do with everything. The offensive line, the quarterback, uh, the running back, Miles Sanders having a, a career year. But if you were to lean on one thing more than the others, what is the most important part that's like a that's like a that's that's college game talk three sixty three. I you don't do that in the NFL. Why is this team so good at it? You know it was college. Like the thing is they, they didn't run the score up enough because they still I think uh, there's questions about who's the number one team still. I think it was, but I think overall the reason is going to be because Jeff Stoutland. I think when you look at the job oh, that he's done, um, yeah, when you look at the job that he's done with this offensive line. When you look at the way that they're able to execute, and he's also you gotta give him credit because he is the run game coordinator as well too. I mean, we know Shane Steichen calls the plays, you know Nick Sirianni has a heavy hand in it. But when it looks like when it comes to marrying them together and helping devise the game plan to have success, you gotta give credit to Stoutland. And boy, it showed yesterday the way they were able to get some of those lanes. You know, you're right. We could have had another hundred yards ourselves. You know, maybe we'd be in a position to get a contract extension still at Miles Sanders. So I think overall, I think a lot of the credit has to go to him. I think what the Eagle fans can be most buoyed by after yesterday's win um, is the fact that they can beat you different ways. We, John and I both agree they need to get Goddard back. I thought Stoll had a good night blocking shoot. I even saw uh, Jackson throw a nice block. The fill-in tight ends, if they can get the job done blocking, even if they need to find their passing yards elsewhere, I think they'll be okay. Love to get Goddard back. They will get Goddard back at some time, but until then, I think they'll be all right. They can beat you a couple different ways, Chris, whether it's just running it down your throat, giving a miles for 150, Jalen going for 150. If they have to pass the ball, Devontae and AJ, if AJ can hold on to the ball, a couple of fumbles uh, have me nervous over the last couple of weeks. They can basically pick and choose the way they want to move the ball on offense right now. Can they not? They can. The main thing, as long as they make sure they execute, uh, I keep hearing that word execute, execute, execute. The problem is it's true because when you look at the way that they're able to scheme up their guys to be open, there's no question about that. And that's what I think separates a lot of the really good coordinators and a lot of good coaches from when it comes to the Adam Gases of the world, where these guys can scheme it up, but if they're not effectively teaching it, they're not effectively making sure these guys are in the right positions to do what they do. And if the players aren't the right fit for what they're trying to do, that's where you get it. And I look at the way it all starts, I think, offensively. We look at Jalen Hurst, the way he's playing. He's playing. I, I thought he'd have a good season. He's playing beyond my expectations when it comes to there. He's going to shoot past things at the stat lines I thought you'd have. And you look at what he's able to do now and, and and grasp that and continue to develop. I think it starts there defensively. 
I think he, it's, it's, a, it's a three layer type deal. <laughs> I know it's hard to say that after they put up a 33 on them, but when you look at the, what they were able to do, like in the base sense of what they're able to do when it comes to getting takeaways and stuff like that, I think that's key too. But I mean, offensively, yeah, it's tough to stop this team right now. And I would not want to be a defensive coordinator trying to come up with a game plan. Yeah, and it was a positive because they had gone through a little bit of a lull, Chris, when it really started in Houston, uh, then Washington, Indianapolis, which was nip and tuck. So it was good to see the offense uh, getting back to being a little bit more explosive, even without Dallas Goddard, no matter how they did it. But, I, you know, all you can do with a 10 and one team is nitpick, right? I mean, they're 10 and one. So we give them all the credit, all the accolades, but how can you, how can you run for 363 and green Bay still in the game late? Because they need a Jake Elliott field goal, um, which is pretty big kick for a guy who never kicks. The Eagles are so effective. <laughs> off. He's kicked 11 field goals this year. The guy never gets to kick. Um, <laughs> the, the Green Bay was a little bit too close for comfort. Special teams, defense, short fields. Why was Green Bay in this game? That's the one right there. You hit a nail on the head and, and, Every week, it seems like every, even if they have a good game offensively, defensively, it seems like some special teams does something where you're like, "What's going on?" Like in there, and I think that was the that was the main thing right now. If, when you look at that, the, so many short fields that the Green Bay had to work with, and sometimes they got bailed out when the defense did its job there. Sometimes it didn't hold up as well too. I look at the way when you're giving your opponent an around. This is not official, but you start you letting your opponent in the round start at a forty every time or midfield and it's like okay defense yeah 40 uh, would have been nice yeah (laughs) at the end there where especially that 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 53 yard uh kickoff return like that's why like i put a lot of that yesterday on the special teams themselves i I, because i think they just put them in a bad position behind the eight ball to begin with especially when starting those field positions but i i probably say that would be number one and, and then two we started to see uh, the guard at the end there with the guard of Josh not being there. I think he probably has a better shot of stopping Christian Watson on that, on that play. I mean, good luck trying to stop him with that speed, but I think he gives you a better chance because it's like the, the safeties, uh, Epson, Blankenship took bad pursuit routes there. But listen, man, I, I put a, the squarely on special teams. I, I really do. Yeah, they did not play well on specials for sure yesterday. And I give you another guy. And I know I'm going to get crushed by Eagle fans for putting this guy uh, on at least even partial blast. But for the second consecutive week, A.J. Brown had a bad fumble. Last week, Johnny Mack gave him a pass because he said it was a perfect punch out. I questioned it because I thought he made a bad move. Either A, runs by people, or B, runs over people. He doesn't stop to try and put a move on, but that's exactly what he did against Indianapolis and coughed up the football. He got it punched out again last night. At least he was trying to physically go through a guy, which I like, but you got to be able to hold on to the football. (laughs) No, he was sick during the week. Do we just give him a pass because he's A.J. Brown and he was as great as he was for the first seven games of the season? Or is it fair to critique him because he's lost 
two pretty bad fumbles these last two weeks. I think it's I think it's fair game to do so, especially when it comes to listen. We always hear this team's harp on take uh, or protecting the ball. I mean, we saw two weeks ago those posters go up there going yeah. uh, about the ball that control. Was a, and, that was you know, the first mistake of the year by this staff, Jet, uh, Chris. Ever since then, ever since yeah. it seems like ever since then, it's just been like, what is going on here? The ball's been dropped falling on the ground all the time. But I think it's a, it's a fair thing. I mean, if sick or not, I think if if you're on if you're able to be on the field, I think it's one of those things where if you're able to be on the field, you have to be able to abide by everything that you're asked to do. And one of the things that AJ Brown and any other ball carriers has to do is protect that football. And I think if you ask him, when you look at that, it's like, yeah, he's gonna. Yeah, he'll, he'll take full responsibility of that. And there's no way you really do it because I thought the whole entire nation saw that full fumble go into the ground. But yeah, it, no, it's it, it's a little concerning now. And I, I bet you right now, Mike Vrabel and those Tennessee Titans are showing the film of the last two weeks going. And it, besides having the intimate knowledge of him from his time there, mm-hmm. they're showing him yeah. like, hey, guys, this is how we can get our ball back. So it's concerning. I know we talked about books a couple weeks ago about how to beat the Eagles, but I think there's a book out there now on how to try to get the ball from AJ Brown and. Teams are going to continue to do that. Yeah, it is A.J. Brown week. A.J.'s not wanting to talk about Tennessee much. He's going to have to this week, so it's going to be interesting. Um, Obviously, things didn't end well with him there, but we'll have plenty of time to talk about the Titans as the week goes on. Um, when When I look at this defense, a lot of look, you know, I mean, people don't like Jonathan Gannon in this town so hey they gave up 33 points to the packers you know christian watson gets loose for 63 yards you mentioned uh reed blankenship with the poor angle um when you look at the defense chris in this particular game jody was concerned a little bit with the run support uh aj Dillon, i think they had a really difficult time with really physical player that maybe doesn't bode that well with Derrick Henry coming in concerns at all with the defense. I think when it comes still with the, even with all the additions to, I think they're still ironing out the gap responsibilities. Cause there were a couple of times where guys were either spinning themselves out of the play or shooting in the wrong gaps. And next thing you know, there's a cup at lane on the backside. Like is it the front side defensive line guys? Like they were actually, doing a lot. It was those backside guys where like they're like, oh, let me spin over here and try to shoot the gap this way. And they guessed wrong. And then there's all of a sudden you see Dylan running back for six, seven yards, cutting back and throwing shoulders and getting to there. And that's the that's the Achilles heel, I think, when you look at his defense. They're not the biggest defense. So when you have your defensive linemen making the wrong decisions up front, it's going to expose how the size of those linebackers and, and obviously defensive backs because obviously linemen you know are you or huge. So I guess going on those guys. So I think when you look overall at when you're doing it, I, I'm concerned in that aspect. I think secondary, I, I really don't have any. That seems to, it's, for me, the secondary, I, I feel it's okay. I think the run game pursues that. I, I'm worried about, uh, I don't get into my predictions. I still got to write and everything, but I'm very concerned coming up about this Titans team because you know all you're going to get for probably 70% of the time is going to be a run play. And then that just makes everything else, especially when trying to play action pass more effective. And I'm shocked if I'm, if I'm, and I'm shocked that the Packers didn't do this more. If I see Linval Joseph on the, uh, on the field right there, I'm throwing a ball first or second down because you're not, that's to me, that's the way for, I'm going to have more success that way too. And you almost have to work backwards against this equals defense. You really do. 
And I'm shocked they didn't do that more. I thought they would have had more success because they, they they had less people on the second level. So it's going to be a lot. I, I'm concerned about this. And hey, if there's a potential matchup in the playoffs where you're maybe playing the 49ers in the NFC Championship game, I'm concerned about that now too because of the way that this defense has shown when it comes to trying to stop the run. Know that uh, we're kind of jumping ahead here and we don't want to move quickly past an impressive offensive win against the Packers, but the Tennessee to get A.J. Brown. Uh, how about Jim Schwartz? What kind of role does Jim Schwartz have with Tennessee? He retired and then came out of retirement to go retired. to work for Tennessee. He's Johnny Mac's boy. J-Mac, J you better get a couple of quotes from Schwartz leading into this weekend's matchup. What kind of a impact does he have in this week game? Because he coached. There's, there's still some Eagle players on this defense that Jim Schwartz actually coached when he was last year in Philly. You know that Spider-Man meme where they have them pointing at each other? I really feel like it's where you have Jonathan Gannon and Jim Schwartz pointing at each other because it's the same type of philosophy as they don't want to get deep. deep. They let their def Schwartz lets his defensive linemen, I think, go a little bit more than what Gannon wants to do. So I think there's that one. He he probably knows about foot. He probably knows about foot. He knows about BG, what they like to do, what they're not comfortable with, and he could pass it off to the offensive guys. And in a brief conversation, they could set it up that way. But I think overall, when you look at the, uh, it's it's a lot different staff. These guys are different players than what they were when he was here, even though it was a couple of years ago. And I, I think he'll just enjoy coming back to Philly. I mean, you know, he's well revered by this organization from his time here and, and helping him get a Super Bowl. But if anything, I think it's going to be one of the things where it's like, all right, let's, let's see what you do. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a lot more safe play when it comes against Jalen, try to stop Jalen Hurts, but it's, it's going to be tough. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm interested. Obviously, Jim is not the defensive coordinator. That is Shane Bowen. Mike Brabel, obviously, is a defensive guy as well. It's a very good defense in, in Tennessee. As a whole, I think it starts with Jeffrey Simmons, who was a tremendous, tremendous player. Um, this is this is a game I've had circled for a while because I think, you know, the old axiom styles make fights. I don't think this is a good style matchup for the Eagles. I think this is almost a game, Chris, where you got to go win it offensively because. In other words, the Eagles are so explosive offensively, at least when they're cooking like they were against Green Bay. It, teams like Tennessee can't beat you if you play at that level because they're not going to beat you in a shootout. But they can shorten the game, sort of like what Washington did, and they can win it that way. So I kind of look at this upcoming game and I say to myself, it's not about the defense as much as it is about the offense. The offense has to not allow Tennessee to play the type of game that they want to play. Um, does that make sense at all? Yeah, because they're going to have to maximize every position they have because with the way that they run the ball, this could be the offense. It, it is very plausible. The offense only has about seven possessions, six, seven possessions in that game because they can, re they can reel off long drive, methodical drives, just by running it in the, in the old school three yards in the cloud dust manner with Derrick Henry. It's just like basically there's a battering ram trying to hit against his defensive line, just wearing it down to the, third, the late third, fourth quarter, and they can really pick up his chunk yard. So it's one of those things where it's it, – it, is it fair to the offense a little bit? Like when you have like that? No, but it's going to be one of those things where you're going to rely on 
basically they're going to play near perfect, perfect in, in since when they get the ball because that def- the way that the defense when it comes to the run defense right now is we know it's going to be tough unless they do a lot of run blitzing, which will be way out of Jonathan Gannon's uh, M.O., that's that's the only way I see you possibly stopping them, and that's going to be tough. So it's going to be maximizing every single opportunity they have. I, it's going to be one of these where they probably have to play four, they score four or five of their seven possessions in order in order to win that. And that is All doable, right. but it's going to be tough. All right, uh, I said this with Les. I said it with John. Now I'm going to say it with you. Well, let's give Miles Sanders some credit here. We know that Jalen Hurts did what he did, and it was uh, all time, uh, never seen before type stuff. For the Eagles, who have had great running quarterbacks before, but he sets the record for most yards ever by a quarterback. <coughs> oh, by the way, Miles Sanders runs for the most yards he does ever in his career, and nobody notices because we're all watching and talking about Jalen Hurts. I need a prediction out of you, Franklin. I'm going to throw right. some names your way. Um, Miles Sanders, Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, Tony Pollard, David Montgomery, Kareem Hunt, Jamal Williams, Jeff uh, Wilson Jr., Devin Singletary. All these guys are free agents at the end of the year. Those are some of the best running backs in the National Football League. And the Eagles don't have a number one back under contract right now because Miles is their number one back and he's not under contract. Who's going to be the number one back? One of those guys or a to-be-determined-in-the-draft running back for the Philadelphia Eagles at the start of next year? Ooh, that's a good question. I, I think I still think it's Sanders. I really do. I think it's going to be the market's going to be. I'm not going to use that reference. So yeah, I would think it's going to market's going to be flooded with a lot of running backs on, on, on the market. You also have a lot of teams that need running backs. If all those guys yeah. are leaving their team, that means a whole bunch of teams going to need running backs. Yeah, but it's going to be such nobody wants to value. pay running backs though. They don't want it's to. Like that's why they're all on the market. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And, and everybody goes like, oh, we can get the younger version for a lot less and we can pick them up, get them on a, a three-year deal or, or like a fourth, fifth-round pick salary. So I think you'll still – I think a lot of that – I think there'll be something worked out. And that's the problem. If he was in a year where it wasn't so many running backs coming out, I think he's putting up things where it could be lucrative enough for that position. The problem is going to be so many people there that I think he – I wouldn't be surprised if he signed like a two-year deal, two- or three-year deal, or maybe two with an option, something like that. Where it goes, hey, you know what? Hey, I, I want to go and get another big contract if I can, and if I continue to play well too. But I think it's going to be Sanders. I think it's, I always probably it was like Sanders and a back that's drafted again, despite they having, despite they having gained well in Scott. Sanders is going to be the number one lead back coming here. I think in twenty twenty three. Don't forget Trey Sermon. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm shocked Trey. he has not gotten more run than he's gotten this year. I. I that that yesterday was a Trey Sermon type game and it didn't activate him. I really thought it would be that type of game for him, but yeah, hey, I I always enjoy the Eagles uh, uh, inactives every week, Chris, because it's like a <laughs> a sermon from the Book of Job every week. <laughs> Trey Sermon, Ian Book, Josh Job, uh, Josh Sills. I got to figure Josh Sills, uh, but anyway, uh, I digress. I want to talk about the guys. Jordan Davis is eligible to come off IR this week. Um, Avante Maddox next week. Um, and then Dallas Goddard, I think, is week 14. Which one are we going to see first? Uh, is it just going to be as simple as Jordan Davis this week? 
uh, or is it going to be a little bit more complicated? The way I saw Jordan, we were waiting to go to the uh, press conference room and yeah. locker room. Yeah, saw, I saw him jogging him. off the field, and he was going. He's doing his little light jog, and you know, like that ankle was bothering him too much. When he's down. maybe a win helps that out. Where you're like, oh, I feel we feel great. Okay, he just runs that way. But I think I wonder how much of it is going to be like getting him back into playing shape as well too. I wouldn't be surprised if it's uh we see the following uh, see Davis and Max come back at the same time. And uh, I saw I thought I, thought I saw Max coming out pretty, the locker room briefly. Yeah, he just back up and then start got out before we got we allowed back into. But I think it's one of those things where we'll start to see him. I, I see they would see them come back at the same time, and I'm actually kind of looking forward to seeing the combination of who, who's the odd man out in that uh, defensive tackle rotation. That, we'll learn a lot about that too because well, you got you got some decisions to make, and, and will we see one of those guys' names next to the Book of Job, the Book of Sills, and everything else too? But it's going to be tough on that one too, but I think it's going to be uh, Davis and Max coming back in the, at the same week. All right, Eagles did get three sacks last night. One of them came at a very opportune time. The other two were kind of oh by the way. Um, we're talking about the defensive line and the fact that Joseph and Sue were great last week. They were part of it last night. Neither one of them uh, a really big play. Eagles pass rush good enough right now. Um, they did get three sacks, so I don't want to make it sound like uh, they did nothing, but I thought Rodgers had time to sit back there and make plays. Jordan Love did as well. He looked pretty good coming off their bench. Are they getting enough pass rush right now for your liking, Chris Franklin? I think I, I want to see more from that second unit. I think that first unit, I think Josh Sweat's playing. He's quietly playing some really, really good football right now, and I look at that one, and I think when he's on the field and you have – whoever run or whatever two defensive tactics you want to use. And they have some right. I have no problem with that first line there. It's when you get to that second line and you start looking at the, at the pass rush that that does help. It helps when you get, when you don't give up six, seven yards on the first down or second down and then you play like third and three, something like that for, and then you, you limit your options. You're not getting the pass rush there. Cause I think you're playing a guessing game. If it's going to be a run or a pass, but I just want to see more out of that second defensive line you didn't get in the rush that way that way has me worried because you can't play these guys 60 70 snaps a game in order to try to generate that because you're not going to get the pass rush that way because they're retired so if they could find a way to get that second rush so some more pass rush from that second unit defensive line was that i feel i think i feel a little bit more comfortable there um if if uh we just talked about some injuries chris but we didn't talk about chauncey gardner johnson um so we have to see how serious that particular injury is. I thought Reed Blankenship did a really nice job under difficult circumstances, but I don't know if he's ready to play consistent snaps in a week in week out basis. I think, you know, people will start to notice that he's on the field and you already saw it a little bit with the Christian Watson play took a really bad angle. Um, you know, Josiah Scott was out. I th- I think it was ironic that Scott and and Blankenship got the goat balls, and those are the issues, really. Um, <laughs> Darius Slay wanted his goat ball. It happened to go to Scott and Blankenship, who, by the way, first interceptions for both of their NFL careers at Aaron Rodgers. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> um, but I don't think that's good long-term. Um Chauncey's got to be out there, right? 
that depth is a concern at safety. I feel we talked about this last time when it came to a certain other safety, but I feel more comfortable at the free yeah. safety spot than your strong safety when it comes to there. Listen, the fact that I wonder how long it's going to be because I thought the way he was walking off the field and the thing, I thought he was like, there's he stood out, he's out, and he may be done for a season. In fact, he said he's questionable return. I was like, wait, what? In the ribs? Okay. He was in a lot of pain. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was a stinger at first. Um, the way he was yeah. walking off was like, oh, no, that's in the way he bends, like, oh, this bad. But when you look at the ribs and everything, they're, they need him back. I mean, you, you're losing the guy who leads the league in interceptions right now and a guy who's shifted over to that safety role pretty well in a ball hawk and makes a gut, makes teams think about when you throw him in that area. It makes sure you better be on target because if not, he's going to be around there to be a threat to take it. And just like anything else, or you have a young guy, there's not really a book yet on replanking and I think there's a little bit of book building on Josiah Scott, and I thought you saw that on, on one of the touchdowns where, where they look like Randall Cobb, uh, they attacked him with Randall Cobb on the inside. With that, there's a nice design, play design. But I think overall, if you begin to start rate Blankenship, I feel a little bit more comfortable with the free safety spot and having Epps shift over just in case because basically a lot of times you're playing at center field and you're helping it run support. And the thing that surprised me was you never see, want to see a defensive back up there with tackles, but he was up there. He tied with the team leading tackles last night too. So I was like, yeah. all right, he's getting yeah. his nose dirty in that too. So if it's a short stint, two, three weeks, I can live with it. If it's season ending, then I'm like, ah, that's, that's a alarms are going off. All right, Chris, I mentioned this last week here on the show and earlier in this show. Did we potentially see the last Aaron Rodgers at the link Green versus green appearance, and that means package <laughs> against the Eagles. I, might go. I'm like might Johnny go. Mac here. Oh. Yeah. I'm not. Uh, I'm not suggesting his career is over and done with, but that he could be somewhere else other than Green Bay. So Brett Favre leave. Why the hell can't we see Aaron Rodgers leave? Could this have been the last <laughs> Aaron Rodgers versus Eagles matchup at the link? At the, I think when it comes, I gotta look at the way the schedule rolls out. I forget who they were lined. I know it wouldn't line up. Actually, at this rate, they wouldn't line up. I think it'd be the Vikings next year. So I'm not sure. Home or 2024 and beyond. I think it's a good possibility with the way he's talking. And I think he, I think he takes his uh, victory tour next year. I wouldn't be surprised if he did that because that way he can get that way he can get all the gifts, the, the the everything else. Hey, we'll give you a bronze Liberty Bell like to give the hope that one time, something like that on his way out on his way out or something like that or whatever if they go there what have you I think but. he takes his victory tour in another uniform the way Brady has uh, <laughs> I think he's getting out of Green Bay this year I think yeah. he's going to continue to play but I don't know that it's going to be as a pack he wants to, he wants to get the hell away from Matt LaFleur it's I, that's, I wonder if that's the thing where LaFleur is the one that gets out because even though it's Rodgers everything else even LaFleur is a good young mind and everything one of the things was well we know he's done it for us in the past. Maybe LaFleur is the one that gets kicked out and they try to appease him. Who knows? Maybe Nathaniel Hackett will be available again and then he becomes oh, the head coach. Oh, wow. Nathaniel, Hack- <laughs> Nathaniel Hackett's going to have a tough time getting a job pushing a broom in an NFL. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that, r- r- let Russ Cook. Will you let Russ Cook? Now his kitchen's burning and everything Yikes. else and he's in trouble. Yikes. <laughs> yeah, that At News, NJ.com, Chris. End it there, Nick Sirianni. I mean, you see all these coaches, Nathaniel Hackett, 
we were talking about Matt Eberflus. I don't know what the hell is going on in Chicago. <laughs> um, and they coach together, obviously, in Indy. Man, 10-1, and one, and you think about the 2-5 and five start as a rookie. So from that point forward, this guy just keeps winning games. This guy just keeps winning games. The Eagles, I don't want to say it was plan A or plan B or plan C. I don't know what it was. But Jeffrey Lurie's had this history of maybe not getting the guy he originally wanted when it comes to his coaching changes, but getting the best guy. He's done it again with Nick Sirianni. This is pretty impressive. Yeah, I'm kind of getting I'm kind of getting Andy Reid vibes when it comes to Nick Sirianni. I mean, just obviously he doesn't have the uh, the menu board and doesn't have the Hawaiian shirts and everything. But when you look at the way that he's basically having success this early and the success coming out of nowhere, and especially offensively, when you look at the way they're doing it, I just get those vibes a lot from him. And the one thing I think is going to be important, I think he can continue to have success. But he has to avoid something which happened with Reed was that he has to make sure he continues to develop the staff behind him because this coaching staff is going to be raided next year. Yeah. Especially this coach staff is going to be completely raided, I think, that one. So and we all know what happened. I mean, that was a that was a Hall of Fame coaching staff. And look at what Andy Reed had his first when he first was hired. Now when as the years went along, you know, you can count Doug Peterson toward the end because hey, he was mine too. <laughs> look at this. He got Super Bowl. But I think that's the that's the trap that Nick Sirianni has to avoid that Reed did as long as he, he Chris, think, he's already doing it though. Marcus Brady's already doing it. <laughs> I, I think that's more of a, it's a looking after his boy. Cause I, I, I would love to get Frank Reich in a room right now and just go, Hey, just spill. Did you want, was that your idea to get rid of Marcus Brady? Or oh, was that no. from Jim No, That's what I want to say. Like not. more and more and more stuff like that. Yeah. to get that. Cause I want to see, how much of Ursay had an influence in that offense? Oh, that was all Ursay. Oh, yeah. No way, Frank Wright. No, no. We yeah, all agree on that. Hey, uh, you Pennsylvania Eagle fans, be thankful because this was 1992. You'd have to get in your car and drove over the Ben Franklin Bridge if you wanted to read Chris Franklin. Now all you got to do is punch him up on his, your computer. You used to have to be able to drive a quad. You couldn't get that newspaper. And God bless. <laughs> the 1.3% out there that are still buying newspapers. Uh, no, we get them online. We read them online on a day-in, day-out <laughs> basis. He does a great job for NJ.com. Chris Franklin, thank you much. We will talk to you again next week. Hey, thank you guys so much. And buy the newspapers. Just we'll go over it. Yes. Go over it. yes. <laughs> thank nice you guys really. so much. Nobody's buying newspapers. There. And I was uh, an ink-stained ink wretch. Who is that? Is that my uh, boy, Marcus, Marcus Hayes? Marcus Hayes, yeah. I lo love that Twitter handle. Uh, I read newspapers for my entire life. Oh, quickie, I know we got to wrap this bad boy up. When I started buying newspapers, the New York Daily News cost eight cents. That's how wow. long I've been buying news. Eight wow. cents. You got Chris two pennies back from you. your Chris dime. He's I used to walk up eight years old. Eight my cents, father used to man. send me down the block, go get the newspaper, give me a dime, and he'd want his two cents change back. So I bought newspapers for a long time. Yeah, nobody buys newspapers anymore. We read online. And we appreciate you streaming us online. We're going to come back here on Birds 365 and put a bow on the show. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. 
With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Jim Gardner is an icon. A Philadelphia treasure. He's a mentor, a pace setter. Jim is my North Star. He's trusted, revered, appreciated. He is Action News. He's compassionate, honest, and fair. He is extremely dedicated, motivated, and always seeking the truth. He's also funny. We are a team of many. Jim Gardner is our leader, and we're lucky to have him. Passionately, go fearlessly, go confidently. Go first. <clears throat> go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust, go first. and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. victorious Monday edition after they beat the Packers uh, 40-33. And I said this earlier, another check mark. Love getting the check marks. They want a shootout. Hadn't seen them really win a uh, down and dirty shootout back and forth. Both teams scoring. They did just that. Um, I don't think it'll be that kind of game against Tennessee on Sunday. Uh, we'll give the Eagles more props again tomorrow uh, for their win. And then we'll start the uh, look ahead to the uh, Thursday game. What nuggets you gonna get from uh, the head coach today, Johnny Mac? Are you live? Or are you uh, zooming today? Uh zooming. Um, Monday after is always virtual uh, this year, so um, zooming away with Nick Sirianni. Hopefully, we get an update on Chauncey Gardner Johnson. That's probably the biggest uh, 
news of the day. And other than that, you know, it's about sustaining, I always say, with this team. Everybody's worried about getting better. They don't have to get better. They just have to sustain. Ten and one. Uh, only four previous times the Eagles have had that record in a regular season, and they all ended up in championship appearances. Uh, that That is what the bar is right now for the Eagles. We'll see if they can keep it. Partner, know you were going on short rest and uh, not feeling well. Appreciate you gutting it out with me today. I say we do this again tomorrow, and I know it's physical capabilities permitting, but are you in? I'm in. I'm in. I'm going to have at least four hours of sleep. I'm going to be ready to go tomorrow. Johnny Mac will be back with me and you tomorrow right here on Birds 365 in 2 and 2. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.